selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast post United States Grand Prix edition. Oh, yes, we're here off the back of a very late evening slash early morning. The podcast returns. Internet's best reactions went out at probably 4 a.m. So I hope you all enjoyed that. And uh, we are now here with coffee injected into us to get through what is probably going to be quite an easy chat because, oh, look at that. Lovely little merch plug right there. Little, uh, everyone like that, Sebastian <laughs> Vettel. Uh, for audio listeners, Katie, Katie was holding up a mug from the WD1 shop. But anyway, I've got lots of call to actions, as you already know, if you're a resident listener of the podcast. Uh, and first and foremost, this podcast is once again sponsored by Elgato. Our season-long partners and making us almost, yeah, <laughs> sound like professionals with all this great, great equipment. Thank you to Elgato. Um, God, if you used to listen to our podcast a few years ago, it was like listening through a like a tin can and a string <laughs> yeah. attached to another tin can. So yeah, Elgato have, uh, have leveled us up. So thank you. Uh, and also this is my favorite part of the show right off the bat, shouting out someone who boosts our egos. Uh, so this one, if you didn't know already, uh, if you submit a five-star review, we will read one of them out at the, at the top of the podcast. And this one is from, thanks Tommy for t- selecting a really easy name to, uh, yeah. to read out. Utsi Dairas. U-T-C-I-Y-D-I-Y-R-S from the UK. It's not a very long one, Tommy. Jeez. What an end to a race week it is when the WTF1 is uploaded. Just the whole brand is uploaded. (laughs) Always makes my evening better. Oh, thank you. Thank you. um, For that wonderful submission. Um, it's almost as bad as a pronunciation of that guy doing Guan Yu Zhou's name. Did you see that? Nothing is ever worse than that. That Tommy, do you ha- find the audio? I don't even care. Just, just, just it's find it because Jack. everyone needs to listen to this. Uh, we played it on the uh, the Twitch stream. If you don't follow us, WTF on official, uh, where we do live race watchalongs and quality watchalongs, and sometimes we practice watchalongs. Uh, and this guy, this announcer, <laughs> I don't know why they do it. 
especially it seems at American races where they just have clueless people doing very important jobs. And here we go. Tommy's got it. Driver, Jacques Ranjou. Who's the driver? Jacques Ranjou. Thank you. Jacques Ranjou. And also, didn't he say Botas as well? I think just before that as well. All of them them were butchered, weren't they? Daniel Ricciardo was an eight-time champion as well. That was... That was quite something. That was some uh, Katie Copium. She wrote it, apparently. I did. I snuck, snuck it in. But yeah, yeah, maybe in a parallel universe, he's an eight-time world champion. Who knows? In one of many. And I'm not sure. battling Latifi. Uh, yeah, that yeah. was uh, quite the Titanic battle I saw posted all uh, all over online. Anyway, right, let's get into some three-word <laughs> race reviews. There's plenty of time uh, to talk about Daniel Ricciardo's uh, race weekend. Uh, we've got some. Uh, Racing.comedy. Alonso got robbed. Missed underscore USA has delivered. Ayush.69. Seb is great. And Christoph underscore 01. Max is inevitable. I think I agree with absolutely all of those. Yeah. 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 Alonso yeah. did get robbed. The USA did deliver. I'm going to sneeze. I'm gonna That's hold a funny it. one. And Seb is <laughs> great. I am going to. Max is inevitable. <laughs> I'm. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Yes, good stuff. Thank you. Uh, Three-word race reviews. I didn't sneeze. Uh, Held on to it. Right, my three-word race review. We're going to start with me today. All right, you can screw both of your opinions till later on. Right, (laughs) mine is, that was epic. I don't know if I actually sent you that or not, but that's basically from what was in the internet's best reactions thumbnail. So thanks, Tommy, for filling that in. Uh, But that is pretty much where I'll go with that. Because yes, the United States Grand Prix, Cota. What a track, by the way. I just want to start off with Austin... Cota, the track is, you know, on paper you go, oh, they've just put together all of the best bits of some of the best tracks. Is it, is it going to work or is it going to be a travesty? And I think it is a very underrated track, to be honest with you. I would even put it in the top five on the calendar, uh, Cota. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I genuinely think it's, it's great to watch. Qualifying's awesome. Tommy should enjoy that because you know qualifying is the only thing he tunes in for uh, because he loves Monaco, uh, but. It was a great race. You know, we had some some battles at the start, but you know, if you're looking towards the the front of the field, of course, uh, Verstappen was was clear, and it looked like it was going to be quite the quite the dull race. But Red Bull, uh, thankfully, wanted to slow their own pit stop down to make things a bit more interesting. Uh, I do appreciate that, obviously, with the drivers' title being wrapped up, constructors, you know, they could have they could have finished seventh and eighth and still wrapped it up with the uh, signs being yeeted out of existence uh, in turn one. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a brilliant race. Uh, probably not the best of the season, but definitely up there. And I'd say the top three. It was awesome. I did the thing before the race because the last few races, we've had it where I've been super buzzing, ready for the race. And then it's not like, I think my expectations have been a bit too high. So yesterday, you know, just taking it easy, pretending like I wasn't that interested, you know, I was just Kota. And then we had a banging race. So maybe if I just set my expectations on the floor for every single weekend, every race will deliver. But let me, let me, it was so, an so amazing You were playing race. it cool. You were I playing was, it cool you know, with the like, race. Not... So you were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You're on late. Don't really care. Yeah, just, yeah, just you want them, you know. Well, that's, that's a, okay. But then I watched you guys on Twitch and you were like singing the F1 theme tune and I got excited again. So, you know, there we go. The um, only person yeah. to get excited over us singing the F1 theme tune. <laughs> it was you do beautiful renditions every time. Um, but yeah, no, it was an awesome race. Lots of different elements to it, whether that's strategy, pit stops being slow. Um, we saw lots of on-track battling, got the return of Max v. Lewis and then Max v. Leclerc. 
was just filled with everything you'd want and a sprinkling of uh Vettel leading the race as well just put that nostalgia in there it was just great it was it was it was so good i i thought that when science got punted i thought the only way that race could be good is if hamilton got Verstappen at turn one and science kept on leading and then we'd see the three of them and maybe it'd be hard to pass and what would happen and as soon as Verstappen got in the lead you're kind of like okay that's the race done but the fact that yeah lewis stuck with him um charles got some uh fortune and also fair play ferrari nailed the strategy all race with charles it has to be said of course they got fortunate with the the safety car but you know maybe bonotto not being there again <laughs> something's changed i don't know or now they've lost all the titles they've decided to go all right we'll try now um but yeah it was an epic race. You said on the watch along, Matt, that perfect for America. They couldn't have written it any better. That of course the US Grand Prix has Hamilton versus Verstappen, which hasn't happened all year. Um, you know, we saw a bit of Max versus Charles as well. It was just epic. Vettel leading Alonso's um recovery. Just so, so good. And everything we love about Formula One, like the battles and the unpredictability and um, great racing and another thing i will add is it's been a because of the way the season's gone we've not really um because of the way the season's gone with max dominating and we didn't have the same title fight kind of lost a bit of the narrative that the 2022 cars are actually so much better for racing and at cota we saw that massively because so hard to pass um at cota normally uh you, know, you have a few battles and stuff, but we saw so much more overtaking and particularly those final corners where there's all the different lines that you can go through. That's always been a great bit of track that I love, but the cars have never been able to really follow each other. So it doesn't tend to happen a lot. Whereas here you could see how much closer um, they could follow. And I think that made such a difference when when we saw the battling. So yeah, very, very nice indeed. Yeah, certainly through that first sector uh, was the the big uh, moment where, especially you know when we were doing our live Twitch watch-alongs, and you kind of realised, wow, they they're not at, you know, the car behind's not losing any time whatsoever through the S's where you're obviously relying heavily on downforce at that point with the changes of direction, and yeah, a, a massive testament to what Formula One has done with these new 2022 uh, regulations. Um, so absolutely you know a great job from them um if you're a hamilton fan you're probably wishing you had last year's cars with hamilton leading with six laps to go because uh, verstappen may not have been able to hold on so so closely through that first sector but yeah the whole thing was was brilliant as you say about ferrari um yeah nothing to nothing to play for and they've all of a sudden start getting things right um but tire <laughs> degradation is something that they don't get right and it's i'm so glad they're out of the championship fight i'm so glad they bottled it when they did because they would have never won this world title and it's uh, clear to see that now even if Charles had finished every single one of his races he still would not have won this title so good good definite realization has happened right g nabben comes in with a question in this race, we saw Max and Charles fighting, as we'd hoped for, for a long time. And we got 2021 flashbacks with the fight between Max and Lewis. Was this the best race of the season so far? I think Silverstone may well have been better. 
um, because you know there was so much chaos in that one as well. I'd say Kota could could slot in as I say, sort of top three, maybe even second. Um, yeah, it's it was it was brilliant in a lot of ways, and as Katie kind of said, our, our expectations have gone through the roof, especially after last year that we were just expecting either drama, chaos, crashes, something or other every single race weekend. Uh, but this was a very good race for a dry coater. Uh, I was just glad that it was dry, to be honest. It, uh, it was getting far too changeable conditions for my liking. Um, the Max and Charles fight. Let's, I just want to talk about that very quickly. Mm. Charles not aggressive enough, I don't think. You're just <laughs> realising this he, now. No, I, I know I am, but I just keep watching it and I'm like, he drives, and look, this isn't a bad thing in the sense of clean racing, but I feel like he drives with about a metre of cotton wool just all all around his car. You know what I mean? Like a safety barrier where he doesn't doesn't risk anything. He doesn't have that that absolute cutting edge to just be like off off your trot. Get you get you know you you get off the track, and that's what a lot of world champions have done and do. Uh, you know, just look at Hamilton versus Verstappen last year. They both do it, and that ended in tears. But I don't know. And it's just something about Leclerc when I watch him race wheel to wheel. I, I feel like he's an incredibly fair driver, and it's like, why are you saying this is a bad <laughs> thing, Matt? But also. I think for people that have watched Formula One for a long time and seen all these world champions come through, that tenacity and willingness to just sometimes skirt along the lines of what's allowed is what wins you titles. I, I don't know if I'm just chatting absolute yeah. rubbish, but no, uh, no, I, I agree I with you. Yeah, I mean Verstappen, Verstappen's brilliance is through the fact that, and this is another reason why. I mean, it's part of the reason why a lot of people don't like him, but. He's very Schumacher-like in the fact that he will push the rules until the rules basically say you're not allowed to do that. You know, like, uh, oh, you're only allowed to have, um, as long as you've got a wheel ahead, it's your corner or something. So he can just go steaming in and that's the letter of the rule. Like, that's something Schumacher did. Like, um, he, he used to do the old Schumacher chop at the start of a race and everyone complained it was illegal, but it wasn't illegal. And um, Max does that brilliantly, that he will push the rules and be ruthless until they change it. And, you know, I think about the safety what, what car. Safety car. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Perfect example. They changed it. Now he doesn't do it anymore. Um, and it is basically he will push those rules. And I, and I agree. I just can't see Charles Leclerc steaming into a corner and pushing Verstappen off. It just doesn't seem like that will happen. And maybe... You know, he's at that stage at the moment where uh, when he's got more to play for, maybe he does do that. But that's definitely something um, in his in his game. But back to the original question, I also agree that Silverstone was the best race of the year. And I'd also say Saudi uh, was fantastic as well. And we actually got that battle between Leclerc and Verstappen right to the very last lap, really. So that was, that was epic. So, yeah, Kota, top three as well maybe that's some good races this year to be fair we have i mean i'm not trying to plug everything in this uh podcast but i'm currently writing the wtf1 annual second one pre-order it we put links everywhere please um but i'm having to go back and re-watch all of the races to write the race reports for the annual and yeah there were so many good ones especially at the start of the year i mean it depends what kind of criteria you want to like classify as best race of the season but yeah some of those early races you know we had verstappen the clerk 
battling wheel to wheel. Um, and yeah, there was lots of good races at the start. But yeah, I don't want to say Silverstone because then it's like British bias, but it was a genuinely a really But it was good the race. best race. You could literally <laughs> say yeah. anything, even if it's got nothing to do with the Britain, it'll still be a British bias. So yeah. just just say yeah. it, Katie. It's fine. Me and Matt often get called British bias as we're there rooting for other stuff and Leclerc during the watch yeah. <laughs> yeah, cheering for science. Um, but when you say about Leclerc as well, I will say the overtake that he did with uh, Prez at one point in the race, that was lovely overtake mm. from him. So That was gorgeous. He does have it in him, but it was, it was beautiful. But I agree with you, you know, sometimes... I don't know. It feels like he might look a little bit timid, but that's just because Max can be so ferocious and like, just go for it. Like almost the win it or bin it mentality. And he's super aggressive with his driving style. So maybe that will always make the clerk look a little bit lesser. So, um, but who knows, maybe next year, the copium starting already, maybe next year he'll suddenly start copying the aggressive driving style and it'll be a surprise to Max and, who knows? Eh? <laughs> I'm already in 2023, Katie. This year, this year no longer exists to me now. Uh, with You've got your hype, your hype train shirt on again. Yeah, my hoodie <laughs> is uh, stored in that cupboard just to my left, waiting. It's just looking at me like, hey. It's got a sticker on that says, Back op- next year. only open on March 2023. <laughs> Maybe February. We'll see. Anyway, uh, at <laughs> Grundy thing. underscore Thaddeus, why didn't Mercedes pit Lewis for mediums? I would only assume that he didn't have any mediums to go on. Uh, remember, there is tyre allocation and uh, a set amount of tyres available uh, for the entire Grand Prix weekend. And that's the only reason I would assume that, because the mediums were absolutely p- the preferential tyre for this weekend. We saw Sebastian Vettel going a ridiculous length on his stint, a K-Mag as well, uh, all the way to the end on the mediums. Uh, and their pace was solid. Vettel was holding on to to the top cars in in an Aston Martin on mediums when obviously the other drivers in front of him were on hard. So yeah, I'm sure Mercedes, if if there was any opportunity to put mediums on them, uh, on the car of, of Hamilton's, that they would have. Yeah, I don't know if Tommy has the answer because he's the one that's put the podcast sheet together. But like you say, the mediums obviously look like the better choice. Um, that's what Verstappen went on to and things like that. But perhaps they had been having issues with tire warm-up or thought they might degrade they didn't they didn't have any they didn't have any oh okay well there there we go go. it's a very simple answer (laughs) a very simple answer they didn't have any i guess you see in in qualifying don't you that mercedes don't quite have the pace do they um yet in qualifying in particular their race pace is actually very very good but in qualifying they don't have it so they have to use a few more tires whereas you see verstappen for example where he just does one lap and then sits back in the pit pit and go cool um i guess one question would be do you think do you reckon he'd have won if he'd have had mediums yes you reckon do, do 100%. You? yeah because he I mean, had the, big, we saw the, the pace differential between the mediums and the hards and as the example i just said about with vettel on the mediums and and, and whatnot i i think there was a, a big pace difference in those two 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 tires and the mediums was absolutely the the, the tire of choice so Maybe they'll be kicking themselves that they didn't Certainly have an, an extra set, closer. but um, I, th- I think he could have because, I mean, he wasn't that far off at the end, what, five seconds? And you have to argue that those five seconds you, you may well have had um, in the in the tank with, with mm-hmm. on the mediums. But yeah, I, I think so for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And Tommy, yeah. you don't. You I don't, don't. Oh, I don't, I don't agree. know if we're going to go back to Put the... your Max Kate back on. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, don't know if I... we're going to go back to talking about Hamilton. Oh, sorry. You go, Tommy. Yeah, go on. 
I was just going to say, um, I don't know how much we're going to talk about Hamilton later, but I am pretty gutted that he didn't win it uh, because I think that would have been nice for one, the consistency of the records and like having won a race in every single year he's been in a Formula One. Um, and two, I'll be quite happy with just a bit of a change, to be honest, up the front, which is so ridiculous if you had said how, that. Like last how are year, we at this point already that, that people are like, oh, I really wish Hamilton would win a race with 103 Grand Prix. Mm. And uh, it's like, oh, this is boring. Yeah. Why can't Hamilton win? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no one saw this coming. No one predicted Mercedes no. to be the third fastest car uh, at the start of the year. No, no one. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, someone okay, I'll give you that one. Yeah. I'll give you that one. Thank you, Tom. It's the only good. thing I can take from this year. Uh, so I appreciate that. Uh, next question Vberg 2001. Was this Hamilton's real last chance at a race win this year? Why or why not? I think so personally. I think Cota is a track that we heard even Jensen Button, who was, of course, a teammate of Lewis Hamilton, saying that he reckons that that is the best track uh, of Lewis, uh, for Lewis Hamilton, Cota. Uh, maybe a chance at Brazil if we get a crazy rain in, injected race where chaos ensues. But I can't see with how slow that Mercedes is in a straight line. Of course, you know, they'll strip back the, the downforce and whatnot for Brazil, but still they have been naturally a bit slower uh, this year, how they can win uh, a racetrack like that. So for me, Mexico is going to be a Red Bull domination, uh, in my opinion. Um, Abu Dhabi, no chance. Yeah, I think Brazil... But even then, I think it'll be a stretch. Red Bull, to be fair, Red Bull's problem was always the fact that they didn't have the straight line speed in Mexico because of the altitude meant that they were good. So maybe Mexico could surprise people that it actually means that the W13 isn't as draggy. Um, but I don't think that's I don't think that's the last chance Hamilton could win. You never know in Mexico. Uh, it all depends. I, I can only, at the end of the day, he's only winning, in my opinion, if Max slips up. Um, but at the same time, Brazil, he's extremely good at. Abu Dhabi, he's extremely good at. So you never know. Um, but it's, it's looking less and less likely, that's for sure. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say categorically like, ah, oh, that's it now. I mean, anything can happen. Literally, look at yesterday... And Max having that dodgy pit stop. Yes, like we said at the start, he's inevitable. He got past. But had that have been like a Bottas-Monaco situation from last year where they just couldn't get the, the wheel or the tyre off, then that would have been Hamilton's race to win. So anything can happen in these remaining few races. It's funny, as you say, with Mexico, because last year there was this whole narrative, oh, Red Bull really struggle around Mexico because of the high altitudes, and then they went and literally wiped the floor with everyone. So we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, Mexico, we saw Brazil and Hamilton's comeback when he got disqualified and started at the back and made his way through with the sprint, which we'll have again when we in Brazil. So who knows? Maybe something can happen there. But um Unfortunately, that seemed to be the closest chance we've had so far to a Hamilton win. Certainly. I think it was just nice to see, for once, Hamilton have will start towards the front of the field and just had a race against Verstappen. Like We finally saw a pure, what can that Mercedes do at Cota? And the answer was he matched Verstappen in a lot of ways in that first stint. 
it wasn't that far off. And that's again, a reason why I think he would have won had he been on mediums at the end, because his, his first stint was, was very comparable to what Verstappen managed. So uh, yeah, I, I think, the chances go down now from here. I think Cota definitely was the best chance. Hence why I predicted him as P1. And everyone was like, what are you smoking that? And I was like, it was so close. I could have done, wasn't there one time, Tommy, where you got a few laps away. You, and then you were just like replying to people on Twitter, like, oh, this age. Well, then I can't remember what it was for, Tommy, but you, you yeah, had a really I think I predicted it was, it was one where everyone predicted Verstappen to win. I think it might have been Austria. And I predicted Leclerc and I just replied saying, oh, Interesting. Yeah, fancy, something like that. That's you yeah, saying your sarcastic comment here. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Here's another sarcastic comment. Right, moving on. (laughs) Uh, Katie, three-word race review, please. My three-word race review is Seb, don't leave. I mean, yesterday, as a Sebastian Vettel fan, that was... A brilliant race, but also a heartbreaking race because you had all the excitement of him and Stroll. I mean, Stroll was third at one point, which was just amazing. And then he strolled himself and, you know, how that ended. But, um, yeah, for Seb, you know, he was leading the race at one point. He's now led over 3,500 laps. His first time leading a race since Baku 2021. Um, And, yeah, he just put on an absolute masterclass. Didn't get to fussy or like upset about the fact that they butchered a pit stop but instead came back and was having some really stunning racing uh towards the end of the race there interestingly his dad Norbert I mean firstly what a cute name I'm sorry just Norbert Vettel he's just so adorable but he said that he's sorry and this is me being a condescending young person at just a cute old man but he said himself that he can't believe Seb is retiring he said that if it was only the driving Seb would have been driven for more years but there's a lot of stress off track but yeah I don't know it was just so bittersweet yesterday and like his celebration when he crossed the line it was as if he would won the race and yeah it's just it's sad really like I've got a massive smile on my face because I'm recalling yesterday but then also in the back of my head it's like 
he's now only got three races left and this will probably not happen again and all the sadness so smiling through the pain yeah it was uh, <laughs> it was quite the drive from Sebastian Vettel having him lead at one point with 15 laps to go Sebastian Vettel was legitimately leading the race Imagine if there was a cheeky little red flag and then, I don't know, a thunderstorm hit or something. There you go. I would have taken that. Uh, but yeah, he was he was brilliant. I mean, the move that he did on K-Mag, Jensen Button said it was the best move he's ever seen, which uh, I think is, I mean, it was up there. I mean, going around the outside of that triple right-hander off the racing I thought line, he was some marbles. Exaggerating, yeah. If you watch, if you watch the onboard, though, oh my word! He, he had a he had a sideways moment halfway go going round yeah. the outside of K Mag, catches it, sticks it up the inside. K Mag thinks about a dive bomb and thankfully doesn't wipe out Vettel on the last corner. I thought that was going to happen, to be honest, with uh, K Mag's um, CV. Not going to lie, but uh, it was yeah, brilliant racing from Seb how slow K-Mag was at the end of the race as well was was testament to how he was able to pull off that move because I think Vettel got through, uh, who was it on? Was it Ocon was, uh, was behind them? or so? He made a move with three or four laps to go and then so. caught K-Mag, who was seven seconds down the road with only a few laps to go. So those mediums were dead. But yeah, Seb was incredible. It's going to be such a shame to see him leave. Uh, you know, I put a tweet out saying, can we just persuade Seb to stay and... Some people are like, oh, just let the man retire. It's like, can you not show? <laughs> like, we're showing love for this man uh, and we don't want to see him leave. And it is absolutely up to him uh, when he wants to retire. And we will celebrate it when it, when he when he does uh, in Abu Dhabi. But he's he's still got it, uh, as does Alonso, as does the old guard. You know, this isn't the passing of the guard as such. They've yeah. they've still got it on the on the young talent. They have. And Got to think as well, Vettel had an amazing race in Japan. He's having, imagine if he just keeps pulling out absolute banging races the rest of the season. He might be then like, maybe, then maybe it's like, wait a minute. No. What am I doing? Yeah. Where could he go though? Has? <laughs> like, can I have my drive back? Um, Williams? Um, He's not going to go. So no, Katie, don't, go don't, <laughs> don't bring your brain. The copium. The copium. Where could he go? But yeah, he was... He was awesome. Um, drove superbly well. Um, managed, managed the tires, managed the pace, and yeah, his move on K Mag was absolutely sensational. I, saw, I also heard what Burton said, and I was like, "Wow, that's a bold claim." And then I watched it on his onboard. Someone shared the onboard, and oh my word, it is absolutely unbelievable. I, I genuinely put it in terms of like bravery. It is up there with like Weber on Alonso at Rouge and stuff like that because of all the people to do it on K Mag, that corner is essentially that's the one that's the copy of Turkey, isn't it? So you're going around the outside of what is essentially turn eight at Turkey around the most aggressive driver on the grid that will love to punt you out of the the first opportunity oh and... no no to k mag would love to come on tommy you can't say that i know the man has okay would love to uh okay so sorry i uh, would love to um finish the race without a f uh end plate on his front wing that is his goal yeah. that's his number one yeah. goal is to not come back with the whole car yes uh, and yeah i think it was it was that bit where he's even with the swapper that he had on round he stuck it out it's absolutely incredible 
Yeah, and K-Mag just... was a, an ailing tortoise, bless him. Uh, and yeah. again, that shows them that even more of the bravery of Vettel to go round a, an ailing Haas on the last lap uh, that did, definitely did not want to give up that position. I just want to say, Aston Martin, uh, we spoke about them being ninth in the constructors and having absolutely no chance of getting anywhere higher. They are one point off Alfa Romeo for P6 in the constructors woo. now. Yeah. They are, they're the goats. Wild. And it would have been higher had Stroll actually finished mm. the race. Yeah, let's get on to Stroll shortly. Uh, I'm sure we have some can, questions. Can I about just that. say, can I just say before uh, we move on to the next question, I apologise to Kevin Magnussen. I was a bit harsh there. I think I'm still not over <laughs> him crashing out in our F1 manager video, and I'm blaming it on him as a person. <laughs> K Mag is an avid listener of the WTF1 podcast, so I'm sure he won't take it seriously. Uh, Tommy, whilst you backtrack and uh, try and swallow the words that came out your mouth, what are your three word <laughs> race? What's your three word race review? Uh, mine is like no other and this is about Fernando Alonso just being Fernando Alonso I'm just going to say I don't care that he's got a penalty I'm going to just pretend it doesn't exist and we'll go into that later because it's ridiculous well, that's but copium. I don't think yeah I know we've got a lot of copium between all of us uh, <laughs> this this one but uh, I don't think we'll ever see a driver quite like Fernando Alonso again in terms of the personality and the the fight he has that's twice now in fairly recent years that he's taken a car that should have been essentially retired and completely broken up into p7 in a race because he did it at baku when uh if you remember that race he got taken out and somehow got it back to the pits mm. on two left wheels uh, like it's unbelievable <laughs> and the fact that he did it again he had he had you know, he qualified so much better than his teammate. Then he had the penalty. Then he came through the field. Then he did a wheelie down the straight and <laughs> smashed into the barrier. Then dropped all the way to the back, came back through the field again. What, like, he's just heroic. And then seeing, like, that picture of him at the end where he's just sat on his tire, like, absolutely exhausted. Because he is, you don't want to keep going, he's 41, but. You do have to He's take 41. that in mind. What? He is 41. And what a guy for doing this at that age. You know, He's racing against people that are like 24, 25 um, and in the peak fitness. And he's just smashed into a wall at 180 <laughs> miles an hour and then yeah. got a new front wing and just flown through the field. It's just amazing. And yeah, what what a guy. Wow, God, we, uh, we've got our segments of Katie Fairman's uh, FIA rants. We've got Tom Bellingham's love room with Fernando Alonso. It's, uh, it's quite something. Uh, but no, what am I, I going to be like when he actually retires properly? We, well, hopefully we'll be live and uh, maybe we'll see you cry for yeah. the first time ever. But, yeah. And then he'll come um, back for a third time. <laughs> that I don't think Alonso's going anywhere anytime soon. He, he probably is going to be the oldest F1 driver to ever uh, grace this sport. Uh, but no, I completely echo your sentiments, Tommy. Fernando Alonso, you kind of thought, oh, when he first came back for his second time, uh, third time, is, is it technically th- three that he's come back? So he- uh, depends how to. Be- well, Technically, if you can't, miss- it's about to call it Minardi. Yeah. But, oh, no, yeah. No. but anyway, um, him obviously coming back and 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 pairing with with Ocon uh, at the start, you're thinking, oh, is Alonso lacking a bit of raw speed. I, th- I think it's fair to spe- say that you know there was a little bit of questions around that, but very quickly, uh, just deleted any of uh, those doubts. And his racecraft is 
is just it's just Fernando Alonso. You don't need a word to describe it. You just say Fernando Alonso. It's yeah, he is amazing to watch. He has that tenacity that we were just speaking about. Leclerc maybe is lacking uh, in wheel to wheel combat and, and things like that. But you know the the penalty is, is something we'll get onto. But as for just having the pure determination and oh, I don't even know what that like inner strength to hit the wall be clearly shaken in the team radio that we heard mm-hmm. where he was kind of you know he was quite shaky in his voice to then pit put a front wing on almost reset mentality and then come back through the field uh is something that not a lot of drivers i think would be able to perform at that level uh and it it just it just makes me wish that the alpine was better i think it also highlights maybe that ocon's having a bit of a slump because uh if alonso's able to do a last to seventh challenge twice then you know what's what's Ocon really doing in the last couple of races, but yeah, Fernando well, Japan was amazing, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Ocon's been struggling in qualifying, hasn't he, a little bit um, recently? But but yeah, uh, it's yeah, Alonso's been uh, yeah, Alonso's been been on one. He has. I mean, when I joined WTF one, I think it was probably either my first podcast or like my first couple. I think Alonso just announced that he was coming back and I was very negative. I I had quite a negative opinion of Alonso from how his like end of his career, as we had before when he was at McLaren ended. And I denied found him to be like, have a really big ego and just he sounded quite unpleasant to work with lots of people that I know that work with him said that he was a bit of a misery guts and so I kind of held on to that and when he came back I was like oh don't know you know I'm still unsure but my goodness like I don't think I've ever had such a change of opinion of a driver ever in Formula One in in the space of such a small amount of time like my brother he's a massive Fernando Alonso fan and has been you know since way back when uh, when he was in his Renault days and yeah, I'll, I'll say it on the podcast. My brother was right. He he um was correct in backing Alonso because he's just like no other driver out there. I mean, the fact that he, like you guys have just said, had that huge crush and was clearly very shaken by it. Um, and probably you're gonna be having aches and pains over your body, even with that adrenaline. Like we saw um Hamilton in Spa like having a similar thing with Alonso coincidentally but you know going up and smashing back and the pain that that will do to your back um and yet he carried on and then um managed to get points was just amazing so I'm with Tommy in thinking I just don't want to even acknowledge the penalty I do because it's so completely crazy and I want to talk about it because I feel a rank coming on but um it was just a brilliant drive from him. Probably one of his best in Formula One, I would think. Indeed. Wow. Good Lord. Hopefully Alonso tunes into this one. Uh, he'll be yeah, loving, he'll be loving this. Kissing of arse. He, he, he does love uh, boosting himself up in interviews as well, which I love. I love. He does to. that. Um, he's like, yeah, probably one of the best drives of my career. Just every single time we speak to him. Not we. F1. Uh, team Dolly Tiff, I remember. Time... Oh, sorry. No, go on, Tommy. <laughs> I was going to say, he he has actually retweeted us once um, when we made a graphic basically talking about how um, he's whitewashed two teammates in qualifying. (laughs) Um, We made a graphic that was like, these are the drivers that have basically done X to zero in qualifying and their teammates. And Alonso's done it twice in his career and was uh, on this list. And yeah, that's the only time he's retweeted Dota F1 when we're basically like, 
Fernando is amazing. Look at this. And he's like, yeah, I am, aren't I? Retweet. <laughs> we did have him on a podcast, though, didn't we? Uh, we did. Last year, was it? With uh, Rubens Barrichello yep. and Tony Canaan. That was Tony quite Kinnan. a quite yeah. a strange uh, worlds colliding there, wasn't it? Uh, anyway, Team Dolly Tip 1 member Wexy. Was Alonso's penalty right? It was clearly meatball flag situation, but should that responsibility really be on the teams if stewards don't react to it in time? Right! Here we go. Let's go. Let's talk about this then, shall we? What an absolute disgrace. I'm sorry. What are the, again, for the how, I mean, how, I'd love to know how many times I've said, what are the FIA doing? But look, it is, there was no black and orange flag flown for Fernando Alonso. Therefore, the team do not have to pit him. I know there's this understanding, oh, if the team thinks, you know, it has to keep the car in a safe condition, fine. But it's a mirror. We've seen other things hang off cars. And may I may I reiterate, they did not tell him to come into the pits at any point. And I think the FIA even did the inspection of the car and cleared it originally. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Thank you for the nod, Tommy. What what is going on? I know look, I, I'm not going to have any sort of go at Hass here because I completely understand how they feel in the situation because they've been black and orange flags every week. It feels like with K Mag tapping here, tapping there. Sometimes I think quite unfairly being meatball flagged um, with, with some of the, you know, small bit of front wing hanging off. And of course they uh, protested Red Bull as well, which didn't happen. And of course F1 Twitter went into frenzy as always about uh, Red Bull getting away scot-free, but that end plate came off, I think after six laps. Yeah. Alonso, look, I could, again, I can understand Hass's frustration, but also like human error. Like they haven't brought him in. They, I, in my opinion, they cannot retrospectively give a black and orange flag situation after the race for an unsafe car after it finished mm-hmm. in a safe manner. Like it doesn't make any sense. That's just it's like when they miss track limits, right? In qualifying, there was loads of talk about Max Verstappen and eleven minutes into uh, left in Q one, he extended, but they didn't see it and therefore they didn't act upon it. There was nothing after qualifying to say that because obviously they think, oh, there's enough time for it to change. There just needs to be an understanding of, yeah, we should have brought him in. We didn't. Nothing we can do. I don't I don't think there should be a 30-second penalty. Uh, that seems so cool. He shouldn't be even... heated signs into non-existence against five. It was meant to be on. a 10-second stop and go. And then it was like, but he couldn't do it in the race. So it's 30 seconds on your lap time, like finish time. I was like, well, that's totally unfair because he didn't even have enough option to take it but yeah I I don't understand I mean watching it at home we could all see on the tv coverage that his mirror was wobbling around like it's not as if we didn't get a single on board and could see it and then Haas in their like the protest that they launched they even said that they told race control not once but twice about it and said it's wobbling about you need to do something and they were like yeah we're working on it we're working on it we're and checking. they're like, right, so where is it? Where is it? Let me call them again. Hi, hun. It's still there, still wobbling. What are you going to do? Nothing. And so, yeah, I can see why it has to... <laughs> Too busy with their also. popcorn watching <laughs> the stuff and versus Hamilton. Like, this is great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like Every camera angle they have, which should be looking at each car, it's just got an angle of Hamilton versus Verstappen. We love it. Oh, and by the way, just, just for people wondering, I'm not giving thumbs know. up to the camera. I, my my. For video watchers, I'm just putting my camera back in focus if people are wondering what on earth I'm doing. Sorry, carry on, Katie. 
that's okay. But yeah, it just seems crazy that the poor guy, you know, he was making moves without his uh, wing mirror at one point. I know that Norris was right on his tail and like my brother and I were joking to say like, imagine if he doesn't see him in his mirrors, but it was fine. And he crossed the line in a safe manner and like all of this kind of stuff. I mean, if you want to get like really, uh, you know, maybe too much over the top. You could say that maybe the FIA should have forced Alonso to retire anyway, because after a whack like that, you know, Hamilton was said after Spa that he had to go to the medical center to go and get checked over. So perhaps the FIA could have taken it a step further and said, well, after a shunt of that, you know, amount, because it's going to probably be quite a lot of G, he needs to retire and go and see somebody instead of driving around at these insane speeds. But there was nothing done. Like, it, it was what it was and they were too slow to throw a flag during the <clears> race and I just think that's crazy that the FI have given Alpine this penalty so I don't know they For said their that own they're error. <laughs> yeah like yeah uh, it's ridiculous isn't it, it. Yeah, because there's been a lot of talk, hasn't there, about whether or not it's because the mirror's not there or because the mirror was flapping around. And my understanding is because the mirror flapping around. It's not. Is it both? Yeah. So the fact he didn't so have the a fact mirror. He didn't. He didn't have a mirror. Is the unsafe. Occasions where cars Literally. have had no mirrors. The TV's mirrors, like the Williams' mirrors, were rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. The so Clarence mirror through one thirty R in Japan at one point. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, and then the FA go, look how cool this is. And then yeah. sorry, F one themselves. F1. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. on social media. Yeah, definitely did not. <laughs> Don't do the social. Sorry. Look how um... unsafe this is. Yes. <laughs> well, they did that with seatbelts as well, didn't they? F one shared that Ooh. clip. Going, mm-hmm. look at this. Uh, anyway, yeah, I completely agree with you guys. It's so dumb that it's the harshest penalty you can possibly give mm. really other than completely disqualify- yeah. disqualification for the FIA's own error um I saw you you should actually shared this in our chat Katie but um Felix Rosenquist uh IndyCar driver actually replied to your tweet Matt and said how can you penalize a car for being unsafe after it finished the race safely and it's so true like I, I could understand, then, and it's 100% fair, if Alonso had been given the meatball flag, ignored it, and then you go, yep, 30-second penalty across the line um, because that's dangerous. They had they were not told. And despite what you guys said, you know, that they were told during the race, didn't say anything, and yet they're doing it at the end when the car finished safely they were never told they needed to come in the pits because it was unsafe. It's not Alpine's fault. And yeah. this is the kind of thing that Alonso rants at and says, like, the, the stewards are clueless. And I don't blame him because, I mean, how many times do we need to have these um, rants? I mean, it's good. It's good for us because our podcast wouldn't exist with <laughs> yeah. if they weren't incompetent. So. If everything was uh, <laughs> rainbow and sunshines, we'd have a 15-minute podcast after every race. Yeah. Wouldn't we? But look, everyone tunes in and listens. We don't moan all the time, I promise. Um, but it is really interesting how the stewards seem to be angry at race control. It's like, what's going on here? Mm. Like, mum and dad are fighting. What's going on? Like, this is this is weird because like they were they also pointed out the fact that the rate that race control did not throw the flag. So therefore, part of the blame, if not all of the blame, in my opinion, is on race control for not alerting the driver it just made or the team sorry uh, it, it doesn't make any sense um but when has the fia ever made sense and i would argue that no improvements have been made this year 
when it comes to race control, the FIA managing races better than what we were promised at the end of last year. Would you say that's a fair assumption? They say about having this VAR thing, if they've got Haas on the blower saying Fernando Alonso's mirror is wobbling, why not just like push a button, Fernando Alonso on board? Oh, yes, it is. I can see that. That accident happened on lap, whatever it was. It's been seven laps. We'll throw an equal flag. Boom, done. After 10 seconds. I don't understand what it takes. Even more, they could just watch the race. Like everyone saw I mean, it. We had it everyone on TV saw it wobbling around. Yeah. They showed a slow-mo replay of it. Yeah. This is wild. Maybe the slow replay meant that it didn't look as wobbly as in real time, and therefore they were like, oh, that looks fine. That's just <laughs> This is what I don't understand. It, it's the problem that they have too many angles, that they're watching too many things, whereas everyone, like, because we just see that and go, right, you've seen it. Maybe they're like, oh, is this person doing this? Is this person doing this? I don't know. Um, but this, again, this is the whole VAR thing where they're meant to have all these people checking every single thing. Um, in my opinion, they haven't got enough staff. That's the only thing right. I can think of because they're okay. missing track limit violations and qualifying. They're missing things like this. In my head, you know, this sport is worth billions. How is there not a dedicated <laughs> team? Where... Sorry, someone in Team WTO on chat was like, they're too busy looking at Brad Pitt. Maybe every, maybe, uh, maybe. The, the wall of TVs, they were all Brad Pitt. Yeah. And they were like, oh, Brad Pitt looks good. Can't do anything, yeah. Really. Oh, hi, Brad Pitt. He's making Not a seen secret F1 movie, though. So, you know, very top secrets. Secret. No one knows about top it. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I just don't know. They need a, a, yeah, Formula One is a much more complex sport to measure and make sure that everyone's doing the right things, more so than football, et cetera. But that's what they need to put in place to make sure this sport is fair. Because if drivers are getting away with track limit violations, how can we take this seriously? You know what I mean? Like, you know, Hamilton's going, oh, watch Verstappen, turn nine there, uh, turn 15, uh, mm. yeah, send that to the FIA, check that. Meanwhile, I don't know, Latifi might be, you know, doing all sorts of corner cuts it's and they might miss cut. it because yeah. they're looking at something else. Uh, I don't know. They need dedicated people to watch every single onboard, but maybe they don't have the money for it. Moving on, um, Westman444. Is Stroll being genuine when he claims the crash wasn't his fault and will this affect his relationship with Alonso when they are teammates next season? Okay. Part two of me saying okay and swinging myself back in the chair. This is the most just slam dunk, 100% no fault whatsoever to Fernando Alonso. Lance Stroll was so at fault I've never seen someone caught more red-handed for an incident in my life. What is he doing? Like, the man moves so late. His perception of moving vehicles is quite disturbing, really. I mean, great one-lap pace, amazing qualifying. I thought we would have been celebrating Lance Stroll's performance and maybe a double points for Aston Martin. Instead, he jerks to the left, very much like Max Verstappen used to do when he was 17, 18. Spar against Kimi uh, comes to mind. And that was frowned upon, like, no tomorrow. Stroll jerks to the left, complains saying that Alonso could have gone more to the left. But why would Alonso go more to the left when he assumes his competitor will not swipe to the left when he goes to the left? That's a lot of lefts. But you see what I mean. Like, it was... He caused an absolute plane crash. We are so lucky that we have heavier F1 cars now. That car wanted to take off. It didn't, thankfully. It was on its rear wheels. That could have easily ended up upside down. And I don't know how Stroll can think it was anybody else's fault than himself. And of course, Alonso, I know that people go, yeah, but Alonso said it was a racing incident. He's driving for the team next year. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, he knows, he knows he wants... what family is paying his yeah. massive wedge of cash next year. This is literally the son of the owner of the team you are joining. You're not going to go Lance Stroll was a complete idiot for doing that. But I think it was a, a very majority decision uh, on, on social media that a lot of people agreed that it was Stroll's fault. But Alonso's not going to come out and say that, yeah, he should get this, that and the other. I'm sure he was like, ah, whatever, in the steward's room. Because they're one point behind uh, sixth place in the championship. That's more money. That's more development. Here we go. Yeah, he yeah, Alonso definitely knew who's paying paying his big cash next year and doesn't want to sour that relationship and cause politics immediately. He'll wait, Tommy, he'll wait me, two years for that. Put a question to you as you are a Fernando Alonso lover. Uh yeah. that sounds weird. Um <laughs> what would he have said if it was anybody else on the grid? Well, that's exactly what I was about to go into. I mean, Lewis Hamilton, right? In um Spa. He was like, oh, this guy only knows how to race at the front. 100%, if that wasn't Stroll, if that was Magnussen, Mick Schumacher, um, even Ocon, his own teammate, he'd be saying, what is this idiot doing? So dangerous, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, uh, it's a late move. You can't react to it because it's so late. And I thought we'd seen the end of these moves. It was something, like you said, Verstappen used to do when he was 17, 18 years old. Kind of this goes way back to the earlier point, but Verstappen um, did that. wasn't in the rules that you can't do that, and they basically clamped down on it because after after the Kimi thing, and drivers knew that they could do that, and it would just scare the other guy to like almost lift off. And it's so so dangerous. And thankfully, we don't tend to see it a lot anymore. And I thought that was the last of it, but you'd think Lance Stroll, having been in Formula One for fair amount of time now it has to be said that we would that we wouldn't be seeing that and he'd sort of got rid of that and what at the end of the day what is he getting out of it he's got to think of his team there that Alonso's getting you anyway even in the DRS later on why are you risking your car like that uh when you're in an unbelievably good position you're fighting for six in the championship just seeing someone uh Moises Lasso in our team, Tiff One Chat said it it is very similar to the the Mazapin one in Baku on on Mick, where you just yeah. you wait for them, you wait for them to go, and just as they pull out, you react at the same time, and it's like that's not that's not it's going to cause a plane crash, and that's exactly what it did, and like you say, thankfully nothing came of it, but it could have been a hell of a lot worse, and um, yeah, he's um, a lucky. Uh, a lucky boy that it's only a, a three-place penalty, in my opinion, because uh, it's mm. very, very naughty. I think as well, um, where, you, you mentioned what did he have to gain? Absolutely nothing. Like Alonso had that overspeed on him and was going to pass him, and he was. they were probably only about halfway down the straight. Mm. There's nothing strong unless he put a lasso out and, and caught Alonso's car and dragged him back. There's no way that he's stopping Alonso coming through. And you, you've just got to appreciate in that position... And he, probably in, in his position in that car, he didn't think he did anything wrong. And he was just doing what a lot of drivers do. And you, you push a car, you know, to take a, a, a suboptimal line, but he just did it too late. It was, I don't think in my opinion, any kind of maliciousness. It was just terrible driving. And it just wasn't worth it because he was never keeping Alonso behind. He, sorry, before you start, Katie, the, uh, just one thing I wanted to add there was that uh, Lance Stroll, um, came from an era where the Formula 3 driving standards were absolutely appalling. By the way, 
if you if you look at Formula Three, this is not the Formula Three as it is now. This is when it was Formula Three Europe. There was some really poor incidents, and drivers would do this all the time, uh, to the point where it's extremely dangerous. And you you even had them sometimes just black flag uh, the entire field or red flag the race because they couldn't be trusted. That's how bad it got um, in this kind of F3 field. And it's a shame to see because Lance has been in Formula One for a long time now. And I thought that that would be sort of the end of that sort of driving um, for him. But yeah, he had nothing to gain. No, he should definitely know better. Um, it was a pretty appalling bit of driving. Um, Martin Brundle actually mentioned it in the commentary. Like Alonso is very lucky that he didn't end up somehow going down that service road. Obviously, we've got the um, barriers, what they called the catch fencing up there. So it would have been hopefully all right if he had launched any more than that. But yeah, just such an unnecessary incident um because Alonso was going to be getting past him anyway but yeah maybe there's a bit of the fact that he knows both Lance and Lawrence and he's going to be there next year but just a silly bit of driving but we've spoken about Stroll before and the fact that he can't look in his mirrors and you know all of this kind of stuff so this isn't new but I'm just annoyed for him because he had such a promising weekend up until that point you know great qualifying for him he was uh starting p5 which is his best start since turkey when he got pole i i have to give it to to lance he never <laughs> changes character regardless of the result you know like he's got a really good starting place and then i listened to him speaking to lawrence barreto after qualifying and he's like yeah it's, it's awesome and like, that's all he has to say you know he's just a man of so few words um, and then, yeah, getting up to third and sort of keeping everyone back. And it was it was looking really great. And then that happened. So I don't know what's it's, going on, but. <laughs> it's hard to feel sorry for someone that essentially has paid his way into a Formula One drive and drives Formula One for a living and know that he can never get fired, essentially. But it's a very unique career in the fact that that is the case. So you do wonder how that mentality affects mm -hmm. someone, because if you look at the career arc of like Pierre Gasly or something, you know, he, he goes through the ranks. He's, he's told he's not good enough. He goes back down. Whereas how can, and this is not a criticism of Lance Stroll. This is just the, the situation he finds it. How can he learn and improve as a driver and get better when he knows that he could literally yeet the entire field out at turn one and it wouldn't have any consequence on his drive and he could finish with no points and he can finish with he'll always have that drive so you do wonder like get a race ban if he takes out the entire field uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah penalty points <laughs> but again he could get a race he could get a race ban and he'd still have his aston martin seat next year so where's the do you know what I mean? Like what, motivation. How, where does your to, motivation to increase, and yeah. your yeah, exactly. So I, I do feel sorry for him in that sense that it's a very unique and strange Formula One career, the likes that we've never really seen before. You feel yeah. sorry for him for having a, an unlimited Formula One seat. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. That's what I mean, I take it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right, uh, next question. F1 Elissa. Stewart's really going at Gasly, or am I just biased? Uh, I've seen a few people saying great that... recently. No, um, I, th- I think a lot of people are saying that the stewards now have something against him after Japan, which, yep. yeah, I don't, I don't know uh, about that one. Obviously, he got the penalty for going too slowly behind the safety car, which and everyone then, did. Yeah, I saw this. Did you see that? Did yeah. you see that screenshot of every single driver doing it? And conveniently, the guy that had to go at the FIA in the last race is the only one that gets penalised. A little bit sus, but here we are. It is very <laughs> sus. Um, I don't want to say that the stewards are doing no. that though, because in my head I'm like, you can't. Surely that can't <laughs> be the case. And then what happened around him not serving the penalty properly? Because I didn't actually see that bit. Didn't see that. He no. did like a seven point six or seven point seven stop, and I think people were just getting a bit sus about the fact that they could serve a five second penalty and then do like one of the quickest pit stops they've ever done. But maybe they just did. I don't know. But they didn't. They must have. Ti- they must have. <laughs> yeah, they must have timed it. Then they must have gone too quickly onto the car to work on it. Maybe done like four point yeah. eight or something. They, they sneezed it. on a tire or something, and apparently that's changing it or something. I don't know. But, sneezed uh, on a tire. I don't know. That might affect it. It might. It yeah. might reset the five seconds. You never know. To be fair, they're wearing helmets though. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Gasly. I, those screenshots were weird though. I was I was surprised at that. Although I, I would like to see the full video it. footage though, because those screenshots, you know, that might be catching the safety car queue or what. So, yeah, I'd like to yeah. see the full footage before determining that everybody broke the rules, because uh, I can't imagine that would be the case. But then again, if we get a uh, post-race penalty for Verstappen, Hamilton will win and Team LH will be happy. Uh, back to Gasly. Just want to talk about very quickly, what, what were AlphaTauri doing? I don't understand why they <sighs> had Gasly out there on hard tyres ahead of Sonoda, on mediums and they didn't swap them round. I don't get it because Sonoda was clearly being held up by uh, by Gasly. There was a train forming behind. He was on mediums as well. Sonoda was on mediums and yeah. Gasly was on hards. Said that Tommy, it's fine. Just, sorry. It's just I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm annoyed. Else. I'm still annoyed about it. <laughs> he just clouded by rage. <laughs> oh, it was so frustrating. I was just like, 
You're just ruining Sonoda's race for absolutely no reason. And they pit at the same time anyway, pretty much, wasn't it? One lap after the other. So dumb. I don't know why they're uh, favouring Gasly, considering Gasly's literally leaving the team next year as well. I think his team radios has really shown that he's checked out. He's leaving because he he was fuming with the brakes, wasn't he? And the bumps as well into into turn one. And yeah, it just wasn't going well for him, was it? No, I mean, he's up to nine penalty points now, which in a 12-month period, you can't get over 12. I don't want to be the one that's like starting mass hysteria because he's on nine penalty points. He's going to get a ban. Oh, my God. Because that might not even happen. But, but also, oh, my God, he points, might get a ban. Oh my, God. oh, my God. Well, like, if he gets into any more trouble in the next three races and even into 2023, then he's going to be trading on very thin ice because his next penalty points expire in May of next year. So he's got to keep it clean through... Brazil, I've oh, got in a really weird order. Mexico, Brazil, Abu Dhabi, and then next year into Bahrain, Saudi and then racing Australia. with Ocon as a teammate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He's gotta be thinking. careful. He's gotta be careful. I think you should just book so... a holiday for maybe the second or third race of the year, because I think uh yeah, <laughs> he, he could be uh could be in trouble, I reckon. As soon as I saw that, I was exactly the same. I was like, Oh, good good to know that the first five races with his new teammate who has a bit of a reputation for being very um, not not afraid to race wheel to wheel with his teammates, and they actively don't like each other. Um, yeah, it could be an interesting one. Certainly could. Right, moving on. Dolpit twenty seven asks or says George Russell should have a reputation for being an untidy, overly aggressive driver, but doesn't seem to. Why? A five second penalty for taking a line that was pretty much guaranteed to smash into another driver seems far too light. Should it be a stop go minimum? Uh, well, George Russell, after the race, said that he assumed that Sainz was going to take the outside line. Uh, we also saw from uh, some of the onboards and uh, the, cam- uh, the helicopter cam that George locked up into turn one. So he did not mean to go that deep. It was a mistake from him. He smashes signs out of the race. It's just unforgivable to do it on lap one, turn one. There was no squeezing from any other drivers. It was literally just a, another mistake from Russell, who's gone from this Mr. Consistent top five all the time. And now is going through this slump of not being able to do wheel to wheel racing particularly well. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's th- th- these happen, th- these things happen in a lot of drivers' careers, you can't say that, you know, Hamilton hasn't gone through a crash happy phase when he was at McLaren and and Verstappen, etc. Th- these things happen, um, but I think Russell, I think what a lot of people get angry at is that Russell never seems to really accept that it's his fault. <clears throat> no, at least not in the in the actual situation. I think he even said that signs came across him, and and I can see to a degree how signs. And I said this in the watch along how signs maybe put his Ferrari in a slightly vulnerable position. It's not his fault by any stretch, but also the way he cuts back on the Red Bull is asking for someone to maybe make a mistake on the inside and hit him. That happened. Russell hit him, and the lightest of touches took signs out of the race by piercing his radiator, I think it was. Um, water system. But yeah, five-second penalty, I think, was very light uh, for what happened. Um and, you know, because George could just drive off as well. I know that it's not oh, it's not about the consequence, but also it always is. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would have at least given it a 10 second personally. Yeah, it didn't really affect his race at the end of the day. Uh, not not too much anyway, um, especially when you compare it to like a, what Alonso's penalty was, for example. So I, don't, I think it's unfair to call him like to have a reputation at the moment. I think looking at, 
his penalty points. I think he's very fortunate that he only has four um, because he didn't get any for... I'm still adamant that he should have at least had something for the Guan Yuzhou incident in Silverstone. 100%. Um, I can't believe he got away with that one. Uh, And maybe that's where people think if that's a Kevin Magnuson or uh, even I'm trying to think of like Kvyat or someone with a with a bit of a reputation, it, they'd, they'd make it su- yeah they'd make such a thing of it more than what Russell was made. But because he, it's like George Russell, it's kind of like oh just a bit of a mistake, but it was very daft and caused a really bad accident. Um, and then equally didn't get any penalty points or anything for his poor driving in Singapore. And I think, yeah, he's had a couple of bad races where he smashed in someone at America, but that just kind of happened at turn one sometimes. And it's a difficult, uh, difficult corner. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt to a point. Um, and then Singapore. Yeah, he was, he drove extremely poorly. And at the end of the day, Formula One, you're only as good as your last race a lot of the time with these things. And if you've, smashed into multiple cars in two races suddenly you're going to get this reputation of a bit of a crash happy driver so let's see what he see if he ends up back to consistency i mean he still finished in the top five which is just george russell things despite it no exactly i mean he has you know undoubtedly crashed into a few people at the start of races and things like that and there are lots of people now questioning the narrative and saying oh you know maybe it's because he's got such a good PR team around him or people just see him as this like posh polite British guy who would go oh crikey sorry for crashing into science (laughs) or something head head of the GPDA isn't he as well yeah 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 isn't he so yeah so that could yeah yeah it's a GPDA director so Mm. so it is it does need to be a little bit careful but um yeah I agree with you like if that was a Mazepin although Mazepin hasn't didn't have a car where he was starting in you know the top four or top five or whatever he'd a hundred hundred percent be like a compilation going around now of how many times he's crashed and done this and done that but with George he's not getting that kind of treatment but yeah, it was definitely, um, I think I'm a bit stuck on whether it was worthy of a harsher penalty because it is just like first lap turn one shenanigans and that um, turn in Kota is always a bit chaotic and people normally running wide, but he did make a mistake with the little lockup and it did take the pole sitter out of the race. So um, it's one of those things like we you literally just mentioned out of like, well, the penalty should just be for the actual offence and not for the effects of it and that kind of thing. But yeah, he, it, I think if George has any more incidents like that at the start of a race, then questions will definitely be asked and he could get himself quite a reputation. Yeah, I think those questions are almost already being asked, especially on Twitter, but most questions are being asked on Twitter, so I'm not sure. <laughs> There's always pinch of salt. every driver uh, <laughs> slander. Yeah, even Verstappen, uh, which is crazy to think with, uh, what is it, 13 wins this year now? Is that it? 13? Equal, yeah. Equals the most Equal ever in single season. Yeah, well done. Doesn't matter about Shumi because Shumi did it in a, what, 18 race season, so no one cares. Um, right. It has to be done on percentages, <laughs> as uh, I think I said in the watch long. Uh, Elian said hi, uh, comes in with, why did we not get more Brad Pitt footage? Look, I, I I don't think we saw him enough, to be honest with you. Uh, what a what a what a staple for the Formula One community, uh, Brad Pitt. I, I think 
No, I'm joking. I didn't want to see any more. I don't ever want to see any more. I'm not going to watch this Formula One film because I've seen enough Brad Pitt now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brad Pitt, Dan. No, yeah, I, gonna... I would have. I would have accepted Brad Pitt, but the way he palmed off Martin Brundle, not a fan. Now I saw Will Buxton tweet that mm. apparently everyone has a list of which celebrities are happy to be interviewed and, ha- and aren't. But also, if you're on the grid, I think you have to have uh, an acceptance that you may well be interviewed and just don't palm off Martin Brundle because he's an icon. And unless you want the entire Formula One fan base to uh, despise you uh, from the second you well, do it. He's making a film about yeah. F1. And if he's going to piss off F1 yeah, fans, they're exactly. going to be like, oh, I don't want to so see stupid. it. So like, What like was he in a rush Martin to do? Like, where, where, I don't get it. It's it's so, especially in Sky Sports, big. You know, it's Martin Brundle. Just chat to him for 10 seconds. What is that in your day? And then move on. And then the Formula One community yeah. don't get completely enraged. Uh, but maybe Brad Pitt is so big, he doesn't realise or care about F1 Twitter, which is probably the case. I wish I could be as like ignorant to F on Twitter as maybe Brad Pitt will be. But anyway, trust me, it's um, bliss, yeah, Katie, they... when you get there, when you finally reach the ascendancy, <laughs> yeah. it's it's incredible. Yeah, okay. um, but he had his own... like us. <laughs> <laughs> but he had his own tabard that he had like a pit wall God. pun with his surname on it and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, he was there on TV a lot. Um, which got a bit annoying after, well, FP1, to be honest. So. During the race was like, we don't need it now. Okay. When they started showing action. him during the battle, I was like, mm. are we going to keep... I'm really glad that didn't happen, but I really was concerned we're going to keep seeing him and his reaction to every single move. And mm. that would have been so irritating. The only reaction I ever want to see from a celebrity is Rowan Atkinson. And yes! that's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, uh, no others, just mm. him. It's annoying as well because Miami, Miami is Miami, and it seems like Las Vegas is going to end up being the same as this. It's the influencer Grand Prix and celebrities and stuff. And for me, the thing I love about Kota, other than the track and it being awesome, um, is the fact that it does seem like a genuine US Grand Prix for US Grand Prix fans, and it it, it seems like a it's there for the fans, not this whole like yay america like america celebrities and all this kind of stuff and it does seem like a like a party atmosphere for genuine formula one fans that want to go and enjoy themselves so i don't want that race to also be one that's like look at this celeb look at this celeb look at this because we don't care we don't until care. until Tommy is one of those celebs, and then all of yeah. a sudden, yeah, uh, look at this Tom Bellingham, the, the founder. The red carpet's <laughs> rolled out. I don't walk on the grid without the red carpet. <laughs> I've heard he says, right? <laughs> Not that any of us have ever been on the grid for a Formula One race. Right, let's move on. Tommy, have you prepared an ABCDF one jingle? I have, and I'm sorry, but I'm going to cheat a little bit because we have heard this one before, but it's the Texas one um, because. I, I like the relevance of it. So this was so good. Podcast at wtf1.com. You got you know three chances. It's Mexico for next. You know what to do. So I'm Tommy, saying. you still need to do one as well, remember? Oh yeah. I forgot oh, about yeah. That. Okay, so this one is from Dale Moore. Ooh! Wee! It's a birthday time with ABCDF1 with your pals, Jesse Gallagher, Katie Fairman, and the founder. Tom Bellingham. 
fantastic. Like it. Just, uh, I think that is yeah. my favorite. I think Although it might be my favorite one. Well. Yeah, it's so it's just so ridiculous. I love it. It's so good. So good. Right, A, B, C, D, E, F, one time now. Let's start with Mick Schumacher. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fruity. Changing it up. <laughs> right, Mick Schumacher. Uh, I've, I've asked the question and now I don't know the answer. Uh, he, he Yeah, was, because... He was 14. Or 14th, okay. He got by, moved up because of the Fernando thing. Yeah. A damage, but people... This this is always the, the awkward thing because everyone has their their favorite drivers and you focus on them more. And I've seen a lot of people say that Haas kind of like maybe don't have the best strategy with Mick and, and stuff like that. But did he qualify 16th? So um, did he picked up damage from the debris, was it? Yeah. Uh, I'm still giving him a D. I think that's fair. Yeah. When his teammate's up in the points... Fair. Yeah, you happy with that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You sure? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, it's a D from us and a C from the fans. K Mag A. B. Ooh. Explain yourself. Yeah. I just don't think it's A worthy. Um... I'm going to go for an A. Yeah. I think so. I think he did an incredible job on those medium tires. Tommy is just, uh... well, it's the K Mag well, we, we heard. K Mag slander. Unbelievable. He, uh, he finishes eighth and a half after a non score for so long. Get some points. Yeah. Okay. Uh, an A from us, me and Katie, and a B from the fans. Shocking. Uh, Joe Guan Yu finished 11th in the end. Mm, C. C. Yeah, C. Okay, C from us and the C from the fans. Valtteri Bottas. It's going to be a, a D from me. I was going to give worse, yeah. but I saw the onboard and it did look like the car literally just got blown off the track. Swap her on. Yeah. Yeah, fair. D. A little bit of understanding yeah, there. You literally just turned the wheel like that and it went, goodbye, oh. and then straight into the gravel. Yeah. <laughs> um so poor and to be fair Bottas did say in his post-race interview that the team confirmed there was a gust of wind so uh there you go so yeah a d from us and a d from the fans alex alban p12 i'm gonna give him a b yeah would have been an a if he'd got to the points but he's running quite high up at one point wasn't he yeah he said if uh, the race had finished with three laps less he could have maybe scored points mm, but maybe. alas there was three more laps so Katie, yeah. yeah, I think B's fair, actually. Looking at how close there was between um, Ocon, Joe, and Alban, he was quite close. So, yeah, I'll go B. B from us and a B from the fans, Nicholas Latifi. We're going to give him an E. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he didn't no. bin it, but he spun on his own. Spun on his own. No he finished pace. the race, Tommy. It's the race. Is that is that his little win? He was battling Daniel Ricardo, the the absolute the eight-time eight-time world champion, wheel yeah. to <laughs> wheel of the century. If people have watched that on board, I don't oh, think. I okay, fair enough. A then. Yeah. All right. E from us and an F from the fans. Lance Stroll. F. F. Yeah. What a shame. I was wanting he to be here and be an A, a, a star, a, maybe even yeah. an A star. Yeah. But what a waste. 
What a waste, unfortunately, for Stroll. Uh, so F from us and then F from the fans. Sebastian Vettel, A star. A star. Yeah, A star. A star from us and an A star from the fans. Yuki Sonoda. I'm going to give him a B. Yeah, B. Yeah, finally get into the points. So, yeah, ninth place. Going to go for a B. B from us and a B from the fans. Pierre Gasly. C. C. Yeah. Yeah. C from us and a C from the fans. Esteban Ocon managed to get a point after Alonso got demoted out of the points. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a C, D, C, D, C, D. D. Qualified. He got knocked out in. What in happened to Ocon in that race? Again. I need to understand what happened to Ocon. What's going on? He's, Some of he the lines that he floor, was taking. He? Yeah. But, Some of the lines he was taking during that race were like wild. Yeah, he like, made that absolute send, didn't he? That didn't pay <laughs> off. And <laughs> like watching up. in the background, like Esteban, what are you doing, honey? Yeah, I'm going to give him a D. Wow. Okay, D from us and a C from the fans. Let's change it. I'll change it. C. I'll go for a C. Are you sure? Are you changing because of what the fans said? <laughs> no, no, I'm just thinking... it's bestie. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah it. it's, <laughs> your bias is shining. He got into it. the points and he... And I think that might be the only D you've ever given for a points finish. <laughs> like, I can't True, remember. yeah. Unless it was obviously yeah. like a very top team, but... Yeah. Okay, C from us then and a C from the fans. Fernando Alonso, A-star. A-star. Yeah. A-star from us. F for the FIA, A-star yeah. for Fernando. A-star from us and an A-star from the fans. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, F. Definitely. That's uh, got to be one yeah. of the worst performances of his career. Did you yeah, see him in the media pen afterwards? He was literally just like, "I want it to be over." I know he literally looked like he wanted the season to be end, like to end. Genuinely, he had no, he said he had no pace, couldn't lean on the car. It's just painful to yeah. to, so to watch. Um, He's saying all this stuff with like the wild facial hair. I'm like, you know, I want to be paying attention, seeing the sadness in your eyes. But all I can see is your facial hair just looking like that. But yeah, I want to give that man a hug. I think I'm not all sure that he'll F1 give you a hug after do. that comment on about his facial hair, to be honest. Case, I didn't say I didn't like it. <laughs> I just, just keep staring it's a little at it. Bit... <laughs> I just take it yeah, you can't be arriving on a horse and finishing uh, where he did. Uh, Still uh, not replied to the DM either. So <gasps> Yeah, he's not giving yeah, me my merch. So an F. <laughs> wow. Do not cross Katie Fairman. Uh, so an F from us and a D from the fans. I'm not sure how a D is uh, worthy, but fair enough, everyone. Uh, next up, Lando Norris, A. A star. star. Yeah, I think a star. People, I think people, Lando's a victim of his own consistency, mm. I think. His moves at the end, by the way, were absolutely sensational. And he got held up at the start when uh, yeah. signs got spun around. So yeah, I think I think A star is very fair. Very damaged car as well. Mm. So yeah, A star. I know we're saying that Danny Rick's washed, but also how comprehensively Lando Norris is smashing Danny Rick is is quite something to behold. Yeah, so McLaren shouldn't be. You know, he started sixth, finished sixth in that McLaren that was not. Very good around that track. Yeah, he only clear. scraped through, didn't he, as well? Q- yeah, Q3. Exactly. So, yeah. Great, great drive. Amazing. Well done, Lando. A star from us and an A from the fans. Carlos Sainz, just going to give him a C. I can't really do anything else. 
B because it got pole. Yeah. All right, B. Well done, signs. You got pole. Uh, B from us and a C from the fans. Uh, Charlotte Claire A. Yeah, A. Yeah, I'll go an A as well. Okay, A from us and an A from the fans. Sergio Perez. B. Wait, Sorry? why is that? Why is that a surprise? D. No, I said B. I thought you said D. <gasps> I, was Sorry, really confused. I, was like... I was so confused by your face. Then I was like, "Yeah, is B an unpopular it choice?" Sounded like, <laughs> like a, a solid drive. Well. Okay, yeah, yeah, B. B. Yeah. Yeah, B from us and a B from the fans. Uh, Max Verstappen, A star. A star. A star. Just so good. He's so <laughs> good. Even it's relentless. Yeah, it's mad that. Even in that situation, you know, he had to. He's no doubt got a a great car underneath him, and that's what people say. But the fact that he had to get past Leclerc, that was on the same tire, and put in quite a ballsy move to get past, to then be able to hunt down Hamilton, it was quite a big ask. And the fact that he made it look so easy is just very Verstappen. Like I say, it's yeah. inevitable now, isn't it? The moves were quality uh, yeah, on were. both Hamilton and Leclerc. Um, so yeah, a star from us and then a star from the fans. George Russell C. C. Yeah. Mm, yeah. C. Yeah. We'll give him a C. Okay, C from us and a C from the fans. And Lewis Hamilton, A star. Yes, yeah. A star. Cool. A star from us and then A star from the fans. Well done, everybody. Right, let's get into Tommy's favorite part of the show. The US predictions. So I went for Hamilton podium. Ding, ding. And Verstappen doesn't win. God, damn it. Tommy, you bloody relentless driver. I can't be asked anymore. (laughs) That one point for me, Katie. Um, I had Daniel Ricciardo going full US. So wearing a cowboy hat and having funky facial hair. So that's a point. Finishing and Logan up. Sargent announced at Williams, right. which I'm having. There was a poll, oh, okay? I didn't set it up, this is but somebody close. set a poll up and it was it's a, a conditional landslide. offer. Yes. Somebody set a poll up. This doesn't sound very factual right here. I'm going to do a quick poll for Team WTF1 for one... yeah. right now. Logan Sargent. Say, yeah. mm. I can find the poll. No, it's fine. <laughs> I remember I, I did tweet back you. At you replied to me and said, zero. you don't get a Point. It's fine. Yeah. I've got the poll on Team WTF1 now. I mean, I don't know why. Like Team WTF1 love you. Of course, they're going to give you a point. But oh. um... look, I found it. I found it. It was from Mega versus Primus, and it says, "Does Katie deserve a point for this?" It had 981 votes, and 70% said yes. But we have to take into account the 15.7% that said leave it up to Matt because I think they're the really important ones. <laughs> I didn't get a say. Um, yeah, I love how you voted on your own poll. That is, <laughs> I love, that I is love that. absolutely that is, that is, Yeah, I think that's disqualification. That's that, you've moved that. No. I reckon 70% of that are your boomer accounts. Uh, no. Okay, no, well done, Katie. It... Two points. That means yeah, you now points. lead by half a point, I think. So well done. Congratulations. I hope you're very happy with the money. And uh, Tommy, go and talk about yours. Oh, yes. Here we go. Here we go. I've been so bad all year, so I needed this. So, yeah, the last podcast, I went for one Red Bull, one Merck, and one Ferrari on the podium, and I doubled it up for the shot. Double so, points yeah. if I got you... it in the order. Yeah. yeah. And... um it was that order. I even said on the podcast yeah, that it would be Verstappen, Hamilton, Leclerc. Should have gone for triple points, but we can't have it all. 
Uh, and then I both think have... you should have triple points. No. no. Oh, yes, Katie. Thank you. Katie. <laughs> How dare you? We're not. This is Another the first poll. time we're giving out double the, points. The man predicted points. the top no. three. In the sheet, it says one Red Bull, one Merc, one Ferrari. He did not write. He tried to take away your Daniel Ricciardo going full US <laughs> in, a, in a live oh, yeah, stream not that back. long ago. And you're trying to give him triple yeah. points. What is this? The FIA? Right. Come on. Uh, it doesn't matter because both Haskars in Q1 was also right. So I got three well points. Well done. So you got three points this week. Yeah, the first wow. three points, I get one. Team WTF1 of... I'm getting triple points going to Team no, WTF1. No, Team WTF1 should not be listened to. I'm sorry. Well, we love you, but also no. Um, two points for Tommy. We've got three points in total. Well done. Uh, the fans, M Wallace 997. Mercedes to top at least one practice session. Nope. Uh, King Z 420. Perez win. No. Surge to group one. Track limits will be an issue. Yes. Yeah. Well done, well done Surge. Oh, no. Uh, Tommy, <laughs> what's your two predictions for Mexico? Every week, you forget. I have to uh, put mine in. So, Tommy, go and do yours now. I've gone for a proper Katie prediction, which is a driver wears a branded Mexican wrestling mask. <laughs> and uh, I've also gone that Russell will be involved in another collision. And then wow. the F1 Twitter compilations will come out. Okay. So, there we so go. when you say branded Mexican wrestling mask, is yeah, that like a branded the, by a team? By the team or driver, yeah. So like a themed one. Not they can't just wear like a, a normal like Ferrari one. can't wear a red one. It'd have to be either like a helmet replica or like a Ferrari oh, branded really? one with stuff. So yeah, it's gotta be branded. Interesting. I said in the podcast that we did on Friday that I would stop going for predictions that weren't related to being on track and go for track ones so i've gone for a safe one and one that's a bit bold so i said both mercedes in the top five and bottas gets his best result of the season wow so, what's Bottas's best result of the season so far i think it was four four six <laughs> you've gone for that without looking that's bold bold katie well done well, that's why I said I'd go bold. Yeah, Bottas has had some be... good, some good. Yeah, uh, what did I'm he probably going to be told I have no. Real he's he's had at least a fifth. Oh. I yeah, he finished fifth at Imola, so okay, so fourth or better. That's, that is Bottas. <laughs> <Bottas. laughs> <laughs> you the regret, the regret that. in your face now. No, it's fine. I, I'm, I'm doing too many easy predictions apparently, so I thought I'd go for something. Well, I definitely yeah. won't, won't get a point. So keep my it, two are keep it, keep the championship open. You know, my two are Vettel top ten in the race. And a collision in the first three laps. Okay. Go on. You look like you're about to say something, Casey. Uh, fans, Mega versus Primus. Checo win. Is that just going to be every prediction from <laughs> here on in for the from the fans? Just Checo win. Checo win. Uh, Mimi Hopi, a new winner. Basically, someone who hasn't won in 2022. So not Bottas. a new winner. Underscore Phoenix 84. The FIA has another disaster. We'll give you a point for that already, Phoenix, because uh, plenty of things that can go wrong and that usually all happens. Well, here we are then at the end of another podcast. I want to thank absolutely every single one of you for listening or watching over on YouTube for being a part of this WTF1 family. It's brilliant to bring you this wonderful podcast that we didn't even realize a lot of people listen to. So thank you for spending your time listening to us chat absolute rubbish and at <laughs> least respecting our opinions, even if you disagree with them. Tommy, final thoughts. My final thoughts are the amount of fans that predicted that Max Verstappen will give 
Sergio Perez, a pity win, um, was surprising to say the least. And I, I just don't see how that's happening. I'm willing to sacrifice all my prediction points if that happens. It won't happen. No way. There's no way. Oh, no, Tom is sacrificing five points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's not I'm gonna, like, it doesn't matter now. No, Tommy, you have to but I'll double my points if it's if Max wins. Yeah. Do you have wellies? Do I have wellies? Yeah, like Wellington boots. Um, you like walking? No. Do you not? No. Oh, I was going to say, I've got do like, a shoey out of that to say sorry or something. Like, a Wellington boot. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> do a shoey out of a Wellington boot. <laughs> uh, that that, that took a turn. Uh, you see that in MotoGP, they do it out of like their yeah the big boots. shoe, the mm. big shoe, uh, the big shoe. Um, I don't have a final thought by the annual. <laughs> just, what do you mean? You can't just turn um, your brain off in the last two minutes of this podcast. I um, don't have a can final you do, thought. Can you do your one now? I have to think. Actually, I have, I have one. I have one. Um, Max Verstappen could now be the driver with the most wins in a single season if He's got three races no, left. We've already, we've already mentioned one of them. that on the podcast. Sorry, we've already said that he equaled the other two. Okay, and that... well, you do yours and I'll think no, of another no. one quickly. What, what do you mean? Um, uh, well, I'm surprised it's not going to be like Vettel or something, just, you know. Oh, I have a final. No, that's a weird one. <laughs> do it. Uh, oh, like, oh, oh, yeah, 100% no. do it. I'll cut oh, it out no. if it's In that bad. Yeah, only Team WTF will see it live. Sorry, what? Um, I was going to say Lance Stroll rocked up in the paddock on saturday friday i don't know and it was like he was a different person he actually got some personality and he wore a like a tight white t-shirt and some flared jeans and a cowboy hat and he had an american football and he was walking around with some swagger and i thought maybe that's what he needed because he was actually having good results but it turns out the same old lance Stroll was was back is that okay. an okay final thought? I mean, sure, I don't. I, you, great. I said it was weird. It was strange. This um, is what happens. And my <laughs> final thought is: oh, back-to-back race weekends. Cannot wait to see Red Bull dominate Mexico. Even though Tommy's trying to play it down because he always does that. That's the only way he actually manages to secure Verstappen a world title is by not predicting him P1 in any sessions whatsoever. Uh, we will be live on Twitch as always, so make sure you come and join us. Um, Hashtag WTF1 podcast if you want to get involved. Remember, give us a five-star review and we'll read one of yours out in the next post-race review podcast. Lots of love, everybody. See you very soon. Adios. Thanks to Team WTF1 for watching live as well. We'll come and chat to you after this pod. And bye! Bye! Bye. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. 
Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 